right, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, so, hey, thanks for joining us at the Patriot Collective. We are excited to start. This is the first um, stream, right? The first episode. And I called on the people that I've known the longest in the faith uh, to help me to share their knowledge and wisdom and their experiences. Um, I I'd probably uh, would be... Uh, more accurate if I named the podcast uh, Two Armenians and a Calvinist. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but we love our Calvinist brothers and, um, and, and always glean off of their knowledge and their experiences, especially in uh, issues of theology and doctrine. Um, so today, um, I, I did want to tell you a little bit about what we're aiming to do here at the Patriot Collective. Just like it says, the Patriot Collective, we are a group of people um, that are dedicated to bringing people together. And it's a collective. And so there are going to be people who are business owners, people who are in the faith community, pastors, teachers, um, uh, you know, uh, work-at-home moms, all these people who want to see their country do better, but specifically targeted in the area of faith. And I think what we're having a, a, a divergence right now in is... Uh, Right now, you have Christians who are really engaged in church, but completely ignorant in matters of what's happening around us and what their children are learning at schools, what's happening in the political sphere. I think the other problem we're also having is trying to speak to the patriot community about matters of faith. And so what's happening is um, uh, there's a sort of religious approach to faith and not really a concrete regenerated experience where someone is born again and brings that patriotism under the obedience of Christ. And so that's what we're going to do here. Everything that celebrates America, everything that celebrates faith, everything that celebrates freedom, we're going to discuss it here. And so as the uh, thumbnail and the subject matter states, uh, I thought it'd be uh, uh, fitting to talk about something that's really taking over like a wild brush. It's nothing new. We've seen this before in the 80s and the 70s. We've seen um, this movement rise up. There are certainly positive things about this movement. And then there are also dangerous things. Just like any other movement that uh, arises, there's going to be pros and cons. And it is going to be vitally important that we discuss it always with a perspective of love, never attacking an individual, but just examining the theology and the doctrine outlined so that patriots stay informed and be very careful on what type of doctrines they allow. We remember the scripture that says in the last days there will be deceiving doctrines of demons. And so we got to be very careful and cautious on what we accept to be as a standard of scripture. So joining me today, I have Josh Matias. Uh, Josh is a longtime friend. He's a great teacher in the word of God. He, he, he's also uh, probably the biggest comedian uh, among us three and a uh, great sense of humor. And so Josh, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell a little bit about what you do, how you serve the body of Christ. I know that yesterday you were out serving the homeless and that that's something that you're very passionate about. Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, hi, my name is Josue Matias. I live in Hialeah, Florida. I've known Ben for around 25 years uh, in the ministry right now. Uh, I have a ministry of feeding the homeless uh, down here in Miami, downtown Miami. Uh, I also, in my church, uh, I was teaching the men, you know, I had the, the youth group uh, before. I'm not doing that currently. I just joined a new church. So I'm just... Uh, 
slowing down until I learn, you know, how that new church is and stuff like that. Just keeping it in the down low, taking awesome. it easy on the new church. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It's always good to go in the down low. I hear you. Um, Isaac. So Isaac is, uh, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a long time relationship. Isaac is my brother-in-law also, um, but he was also at one point um, someone who, who I poured into. He started a church together and I've seen him grow in his faith exponentially. And he moved, uh, he started to really develop uh, a lot of his knowledge in the apologetics realm and, uh, and became very, very knowledgeable. So Isaac, why don't you share with a little bit about what you do and, um, and, and how you serve the Lord? Sure. So first of all, thank you guys for having me on. Definitely a privilege to be with you guys. Uh, my, my, my former pastor, Ben, and my former youth pastor, Josh, uh, from back when I was uh, 18 years old, uh, now I'm going to be 40. So it's been it's been a long time, long relationships. Uh, yeah, it, like like you said, I've had the privilege to serve the body of Christ in a pastoral form for over 12 years. Uh, I served in apologetics uh, with you, planted a church in Orlando at one time as well. Uh, I had the privilege of serving in a Calvary Chapel in Austin, uh, where I taught there and hosted Bible studies as well. Uh, currently relocated back to South Florida uh, due to work and have joined a, a beautiful and vibrant Baptist Reformed Church uh, where I currently attend and look forward to, uh, you know, joining into fellowship and covenant with them and, and serving uh, at a capacity. So still still working on that because uh, that relationship is just now being built. But uh, by God's grace, I found a great place to be and and look forward to seeing what God uh, does with us from this point forward. Awesome. Awesome. Well, shout out to Real Life Texas. That's uh, where we're congregating now. Uh, it's a new church that we found here locally in Magnolia. That's close to us in Magnolia. So big shout out to them for their dedication uh, to discipleship and teaching. So kudos uh, to that team in that church. And so the topic, well, before we get into the topic, let's just open it a word of prayer so that the Holy Spirit yes. tames our, our tongues and, um, you know, cause our flesh can easily <laughs> whoop, veer off. And then, uh, especially me, uh, I'm the guilty one here. And, um, and, and well, I'm the and colonist. I'm the one who's supposed to be all cagey. So yeah, that's <laughs> I don't know. My wife These and my people kids are, are not like... safe. <laughs> <laughs> strange, strange fire. Strange fire. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, let's pray and just, uh, allowing the Holy spirit who indwells us to just sort of take control and always, always to bring honor to Jesus Christ. Lord, we just thank you for today. I thank you for the two guests we have, my brothers, my family, um, those who I lean on. Lord, I just thank you so much for their life and, and for their contribution. Lord, we just pray that you illuminate the eyes of the understanding of those people who are watching us to consider the impact. And it's always that. Consider the impact of the things we profess. And so while we may have great intentions Sometimes we don't understand the unintended consequences for the things we assert. So I ask you, Lord, to please give us guidance, always in, in, in the spirit of love and correction. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So, so the first thing is, uh, can we <clears throat> set the record straight here? We all agree that the gifts of the spirit function today. Do we all agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. Josh agrees with that. Okay. So... None of us here are sensationists. That's the first thing I want to say is no one in this program is advocating for the gifts of the spirit that being valid. No one is advocating for a natural 
theology or naturalistic theology where it removes the, the supernatural. So there's no advocacy of that. We all believe in the supernatural. As a matter of fact, uh, I remember us, Isaac, was praying over his niece um, in one of our church services and, and, and the uncle came in and said, man, my daughter got healed by the glory of God. I mean, we, we've That's had right. so many, uh, we even prayed for your Labrador. And he got healed. He and he got healed. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. got healed from we Parvo. Laid hands, we laid hands on my dog and, and he got healed from Parvo. Yeah, and, and I'm going to tell you something. People may laugh about it, but God can heal whoever he wants. He's sovereign. And Especially so, dogs. All dogs go to heaven. All dogs go to heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, you know, so here's the thing. We've all had experiences in healing. We've all had experiences in praying. Um, we, we believe in it. Okay, so let's put that aside. Do we all believe here that the devil is real, that the Bible does talk about spiritual warfare, and that is a real theme? Is there a consensus among this group that that is a real thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So no one here is denying demons. No one here is denying that Satan is looking to destroy us. He's the liar. He's the deceiver. He looks to devour believers. We all believe that. We believe that demons are real. They possess people. Um, you know, we believe that delivering people from uh, demonic possession is a real thing. And so no one is denying that. So we're going to put all of those things to the side because we don't want there to be a distraction. I always notice that whenever I enter into discussions with people about what we're going to talk about today, they say, oh, well, you just don't believe in demons. It's almost like what the liberals say to the conservatives, like, oh, you're just racist, <laughs> you know? And so, right? Bigots. <laughs> yeah, you're bigot, you know? And so <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I just want freedom. No, you're just bigot. So... We, we yeah. believe in all of these things. So what, one of the things that I, I notice is that there is just a lot of analogies when it's talking about deliverance ministry. And let me say there's nothing new. Deliverance ministry has been around in the 80s and made a big splash. And just like many movements, they went away. I came back and resurged. Uh, I forgot the Peter something. Peter, Peter Wagner. Peter, Peter Wagner. Wagner. Thank you very much. Yeah, the 90s. He came back with spiritual warfare. There was a whole drawn-out <clears throat> doctrine and theology behind it about demons positioned in certain regions. And there was a whole map out on how that worked out. And there was a demon of the south and a demon of the north. And, and so there were all of these things happening. And then, of course, later on, that kind of fizzled out. And what always remained, and at least for me and my experience, has been the Word of God and classical Christianity in the form of truth, um, you know, the, the focus of the gospel. And, and so um, with that being said, there is a new wave of, of, uh, of this deliverance ministry um, coming out, uh, this theology. This new wave is a lot more savvy. They're a lot more technically savvy. They're a lot more louder. So we're, back then, they were more Pentecostal, more about reverence. And they would get on the altar and yell and scream. They still yell and scream, but they're a little more savvy. They're wearing tight jeans. They're, they're, they have the flashy you know, uh, social media accounts. So they know how to market themselves very well. And so I'm going to stop talking now. And I'm going to ask you know, any one of you, uh, what has your experience been so far when it comes to this new version of the deliverance ministry. I'll let Josh uh, go first if he wants. 
man, it's it's uh, the church that I was previously. It's it's that was that was a very big uh, thing to them, you know. It's it's honestly and and, and you know my experience with it is uh, sometimes we give a little bit too much power to to the devil, you know. And I used to tell them I was like, man, we you know we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and and I know that the devil's out there. The devil's strong. Uh, he's powerful, but we have someone that's more powerful inside of us and the focus shouldn't be on that. You know, even though it's out there, we have to be aware of it. Uh, I just, you know, it, you know, I, I haven't had that much of an experience uh, per se, just whatever they were always saying, but nothing will ever happen. Uh, just when I was little, I remember uh, I was maybe 13, 14. There was two, these two kids that they were rockers and Man, they were always wearing the black and all the chains and stuff. And in church, uh, they they got devils casted out of them. And man, their their change was instant. You know, from one day to another, you know, they stopped that lifestyle and they changed. You know, so just that really made an impression. Even though I didn't believe in God until I was in my twenties, but you know, when I see all these uh, deliverance ministries, that that's what I remember. Hmm. Hmm. How about you, Isaac? What you got? So, you know, I've been fortunate enough to not find myself in a church that, that has deliverance ministries or, or things like that. Um, you know, I came up under your father in Palo de Fe, which is very doctrinally sound. From there, we planted our own church um, and, and so on and so forth. So firsthand experience with deliverance ministries, I don't have, but I'll tell you this. I think the way that you started the podcast or the, the video is right on. I think when you made all of those affirmations, the only thing you're truly affirming is that we believe in sola scriptura, right? We believe what the Bible says it is and what it doesn't say it is, we, we, we don't hold to that, right? So what the Bible says is, is, and when the Bible doesn't speak, it, it, it doesn't speak. And so, you know, is the devil real? Are demons real? Uh, is spiritual warfare real? Absolutely. Have I been involved in... Deliverance ministries, no, but have I seen the supernatural take place within the context of the congregation? Uh, absolutely. I've seen healings. I've seen uh, gifts of the Spirit manifest. I've seen uh, demonizations when I was in Orlando in my church up there where we had to pray over people. We've seen that. Um, you know, we've seen deliverance. We've seen deliverance without a so-called quote-unquote deliverance ministry. So God is real. The adversary <coughs> is out there, and God does deliver. Um, but I think what we're seeing right now with the current trends is leading people, and I, and I, I think we're going to get more into it as we go through the video, um, but is leading people into doctrinal error, and it's making mockery of the atoning work of Christ on the cross and, and his sufficiency. And uh, to me, that's, that's a big issue for the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And so I think that is the general consensus when we've talked about this in private is that we've said hey look if we're if what we're discussing here is um uh, i don't know uh maybe someone who doesn't believe the gifts of the spirit are functional today i would usually remain silent because those are open-handed issues those are not issues that should divide the body of christ should not um cause us to react in a certain way um I think that, you know, if, if a woman wants to get up and teach him, teach, uh, a, 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 give a teaching or something like that, and, and um, you know, and there's not a complementarian sort of mix there, I, I kind of just say, okay, whatever, let, let them be, so long as Christ is preached. 
Um, but when it comes to the sufficiency of the cross, there is an issue there. And I think that's where, Isaac, what you're hitting on is that um, if the sacrifice is not sufficient enough to save yeah. us, and the scripture says who the Son sets free is free indeed, if that is not true, then, um, and a Christian can be possessed, or let, let's, and we'll get into it because they use the word demonization, demonized, demonize, uh, oppression. Yeah. They oppression. use them all, right? They use them all interchangeably, right? So they'll say, no, they're not fully possessed. They're just indwelled and sort of possessed, mm -hmm. but not really. And so th there's a lot of funny, uh, interchangeable language and words being used with that. So it's very hard to to corner an individual and say, okay, but tell me, do you believe this? So if we don't believe that what Jesus did in the Christ was sufficient to save us, seal us, protect us for the day of redemption, then then there's a problem because now it's an attack on the gospel. Do, do, is there a consensus on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So what we we did is uh, we started to look at a video, um, and this is from Vlad. I don't know his. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Josh, you're better Mashushi. at it. Than... Oh yeah, Mashushi. So, <laughs> I don't know. So Sevchuk, Sevchuk, I think it is. Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, again, um, we're not here to talk about Vlad. You know, I'm sure he's a brother in Christ. He's regenerated. I'm sure he's born again. I'm sure he believes what he says. I'm sure that he does it in great intention. I am not going to indict him, question his salvation. That's not for me to worry about. I strictly want to look at the theology and the doctrine he is asserting. And I want us to examine what the potential impact of what that is. Because uh, Isaac used to always say back then, and this is something Isaac taught me, was if this, then that. Meaning it's never if this. It's if this, then that. Because if this is true, it's going to point us in a certain direction and so i'm going to play the first part i'll pause it and then um you know i'll, I'll any one of you can jump in give me your first thoughts on on what you think um you know <coughs> vlad is is trying to get at and um and perhaps give a little more commentary to this um give me a second and let me go ahead and cue that for us right now occurs about 13 times in the New Testament, exclusively in the Gospels, seven times in Matthew, four times in Mark, and then um, once in Luke and in John. This word means, many times it's translated as possessed, but that's not the best translation of that for us because the word possessed for many of us, it freaks us out. So we're like, yes, of course Christians cannot be possessed. But the case of demon possession, it says in one reference, possessed man. In other reference, it says un man with an unclean spirit. And the other reference, it says well, one who had unclean spirits. So what does that mean? Original word means to be under the power and control or influence of a demon. Even the word possessed does not carry the idea of ownership, but control now and did you pause it there 
Yeah, I pause it. Go ahead and give me your first thoughts on that part where um, he's he's saying that possession is not the same thing as control. Yeah. So, to me, I don't know how how that is different, but um, go go so for it. The, the the word that they're pulling out from the Greek there is demonizomai, uh, right? It's it's demonized or demonizomai in the Greek, which simply means to be under the power of a demon, right? To in certain verses, uh, in certain translations, you'll translate it from possession. Uh, in the uh, NASB, as an example, in the King James, they may translate it as possession, where in the ESV, it's uh, also translated. It's translated more properly as uh, oppression, as opposed to possession. So they utilize these linguistic tactics to 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 try to show that that what they mean is there is a control or some kind of oppression by a demonic force and the word possession shouldn't freak us out since it's not found in the original Greek and it's how the translators best see fit in interpreting that language. The problem is their application. So we have no problem with the word, right? To be to be oppressed, uh, to be possessed, to be demonized. We understand the concept, but what happens is they utilize that language to then say, you know, because possession is not truly found in the Bible, when the scripture is speaking about these instances of demonization, um, it can also refer to the born again believer as well as the unregenerate, right? So it's, yeah. a, lingu a, it's a, lingu a linguistic tactic that they utilize that that I'm not falling for. <laughs> okay, you're not convinced. Isaac's not convinced. Josh, not convinced. what you got? <laughs> Isaac, Isaac did his homework. You know, he's he's there all professional. It's it's all all you see, man. It, it's they're changing the definitions of the words to suit their you know their their purpose. You know, it's it's either to sell books or or you know to tell everyone that you know we are possessed. And and if you change the meaning of a word, uh, of course you're gonna make it mean whatever you want. But you know the Bible's clear. You know when you read the context, uh, what it means. You know it's it, it's it's possession. It's possession. That there's no there's no other way to get around it. You know it's they speak fast, they speak loud, and and when they change the meaning, you know most people are deceived because they don't go and they. Stay Study, what they say oh this guy studied the word he's speaking greek you know that's not enough you know it's we all have to go and, and see what he means we can't just you know let people like this just deceive us gotcha yeah so i you know one of one of the things that i want to make say is that uh, that is correct the the presentation of the meaning of the word demonization um it it, it does um enfold a bunch of ideas and so remembering the the way greek was used it was less solid and concrete than our vernacular in english where uh you know usually a word can be strictly defined and it, it, in greek it can encompass many things and so that's fine i don't think there's disagreement in that but what i have a hard time is that um they use the gospels all the time they use the Gospels to point to someone being unclean and demonized. And as if the during the Gospel where Christ's ministry was active, the, the covenant that was active was the old covenant. So there was no um, regeneration. There was no resurrection. There was no uh, um, uh, Pentecost where the Spirit was given to all. There was no redemption still. Redemption had yet 
to be provided. It was on a case-by-case basis when Jesus will say, your, your sins have been forgiven. And, and so, and so to, to, draw, to try to draw a parallel to the incidents that happen in the Gospels for today would be a great, great mistake because today um, we are redeemed, we are regenerated. There's a different position for the believer today than those during the time uh, where Christ's ministry was active. And so that that's something that I would draw us a, a, a real clear distinction because you're going to hear that they use a lot of references in the Gospels. And the Gospels, yeah, sure. That, no, there was no Holy Spirit indwelling in the believers back then. Um, so could, could there have been demonization? Sure. Could there have been legions and 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 being casted out and them saying hey when i return you know sure that they, they they sure could have returned and and because when they return there's no holy spirit um indwelling that person that we're returning to so always keep that in context i'm gonna go ahead and um uh hit play and let us continue because christians many times have fought over this possessed part can a christian be possessed well no, Christians cannot be owned by a demon, by Christ, but Christians can be controlled by a demon. So I want to lay this foundation first and foremost to say that when demons are on the inside of a person, they can control a person. When demons are on the outside, they can seek to influence a person. For example, when you have alcohol, alcohol doesn't possess a person when it comes inside of a person but it influences you and it makes you act out of character. That's how demons are. When you get demons inside, it's like getting an alcohol. Alcohol doesn't own you, yet it can control you. Same thing with the thief. When a thief comes inside of your house, the thief is inside of the house, but it doesn't own the house. So when a Christian has a demon on the inside, it doesn't mean that the demon owns a Christian. It simply means that a demon is inside of a Christian and that demon needs to be driven out of a Christian. And All right. So this is a common example. Uh, and I've heard this same example shown in different ways. Um, one person described it as, you know, a person has is like a hotel. There's many rooms in the hotel. And when you come to Jesus, if there's if there's 20 rooms, Jesus can clear out 19. But there's one room left that you, you keep away from Jesus that may have demons in there. And you never really casted them out. And so there's always these... Um, they have to sustain their theology through these examples and philosophies that you would never find in scripture. That's that's the key thing. And Isaac, you hit the main point on sola scriptura. Like this example, you would not ever find it anywhere in scripture, but sure. they're going to use it to build their case. What are your thoughts on that? So my 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 and I'm just I'm going to jump in, but I remember I'm looking at this video and and what I'm getting is a lot of analogies and example and, and no scripture at all, right? So he's giving an example of breaking into the home and demons on the inside versus demons on the outside. Later on, he'll speak about being controlled by demons in the different levels, right? Uh, and, and the levels are based on the type of demons and what they call legal, legal rights and generational curses and soul ties and access that you give to them. And yet not a single verse is exegeted in order to back up these claims because there are no verses in the scripture that would back up such claims, right? 
you know, at the end of the day, we, as people who are non, uh, we're not, I'm not a cessationist, right? Even though I'm a Calvinist, I'm not a cessationist. We believe in the gifts of the spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit still moves. We believe that God still still heals. We believe that God still redeems. We believe that God sets the captive free. You know, with all that being said, we need to be people of the book and not swayed left or right by these wayward <laughs> doctrines. Nowhere in this video, and you'll go through this entire hour and a half video, there is not anywhere in this entire video that he opens up the scriptures and exegetes any passage. He'll mention Luke about 45 minutes later to give another example or analogy, uh, but there is no exegesis of scripture. And as Christians, as Bible believers, as people who are fervent for the word of God, who are filled with the spirit of God, who are looking to bring about a change in this world, we need to be people of the book. Amen. So, uh, Amen. And, and let, me just be, let me just add this. When we say by the book, because I've heard the accusation of, oh, well, you worship paper and print. You know, remember, people, Logos, the word of God, was right. made flesh, right? And then that flesh, what he said and what he taught was recorded for our benefit. And as a matter of fact, the Greek word graphos, which is the written word, meaning what we have today, um, there is a strict warning on changing and altering the Grafos revealed word of God. And so we're not worshiping it. But, but what we are saying is that there's a level of reverence and revelation that God gives us to understand him and understand his thoughts and his ideas and his opinions. And so we have to revere that. And so when pitted against a person's analogies and the revealed word of God, you're actually choosing to believe analogies over the word of God. And so that that's where the danger is. Joshua, you were gonna say something? Yeah, man, it's 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 again, it's like Isaac said, there, there's no verse of the Bible to back it up, but I've I've seen many of these people use verses. And what happens is there when you take a verse out of context, you know, you can make it mean whatever you want. You understand? And and you know, he's talking about houses, you know, the only thing that comes to mind it, it's it's the parable of the strong man. And and what does Jesus do? You know, he ties the, the strong man, you know, he kicks him out, he takes the plunder, he, he takes us, he takes our soul. And that's you know, in, in Isaiah 49, uh it's 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 Jesus is kind of like like quoting Isaiah 49, and 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 it's that it's it's God is gonna rescue us from the strong man, and the strong man is the devil. And again, it's they give it too much power, you know. They, and, and 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 again, it's it's I don't it, it's not to to disrespect the devil, which is powerful, but we had the stronger man inside of us. Amen, 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 amen. I'm gonna just play one more section, let it play out, and then and then we'll we'll pivot because I, you know the the intent of the act of of today is not really to beat up on Vlad. Like I said, I'm sure he's a man of God. He, I'm sure he loves the Lord. I'm sure he really believes what he says. And and um, interesting, I saw a video of his uh, in his younger days, and he did not um, take this position. So um, it was a little more traditional in terms of theology, in terms of uh, uh, doctor fidelity. Um, but anyways, I, I, I'm going to pivot and talk about what. What is spiritual warfare there and in, in the biblical context? What does that look like and 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 how that can be misconstrued and what what's the right way to look at spiritual warfare when it comes to specifically Christians and demons? But before that, we'll we'll get into this last piece.
is to come out and is to be Christian is to be delivered from that demon and the Bible uses words like possessed but the original language really means demonized meaning, meaning being under control of a demon so Christians can have demons people can have demons on the inside of them and one of the signs is control or one of the marks of demons on the inside of you is control demons on the outside they influence demons on the inside they control now some of you may be asking well what about the bible says the light and darkness cannot coexist together well first of all the bible doesn't say that the bible says the light and darkness doesn't have fellowship righteousness and lawlessness doesn't have communion and that is used in the reference to support that christians should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers now do you know a christian who is unequally yoked with an unbeliever i do so it's not something that Christians are not capable of doing. It's something that Christians are encouraged not to do. So it's not something that you can't. It's something that you shouldn't. And then Paul uses a confirmation for that and says light and darkness don't have communion. Righteousness and lawlessness doesn't have fellowship. So Paul is not saying righteousness and lawlessness doesn't cohabitate. It says that, that, they, uh, that they cannot coexist, but it says that they cannot have a covenant. Because if a Christian and non-Christian don't coexist, then how can we evangelize? We coexist with unbelievers, but we don't go into covenant with them. Light and darkness can coexist, but they do not have communion. All right. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that threw me because he, he, he brought in the eternal, internal state of possession and made a parallel with someone so, doing the friendship with someone else so i found that weird every, but go ahead every every falsehood is best packaged with a with a hint of truth so it's easier to swallow right so what did he do he he put up a straw man right with a bad argument he throws out a verse with he throws out a verse and gives a a false improper interpretation of it then he gives a correct interpretation of it that has nothing to do with demonization or possession he, 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 then he's like, you see, I'm interpreting the scriptures correctly. You know, I know people who are not in covenant or who are in covenant with non-believers. And that's not what Paul is saying. Yeah, we know that's not what Paul is saying. That has nothing to do with demon possession, demon oppression, and attacks from, from the enemy and the adversary. So, so in essence, he put up a straw man and then he utterly dismantled it, you know, but it's a straw man. The, 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 these are not sound arguments. He didn't exegete scriptures in reference to what it is that he's believing uh, or, or expounding on here. Um, anyway, I, th I think we should pivot. But yeah, the the Josh, that's Josh, but it's just I, I find it interesting because you know uh, God gives us God gives us His Word, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse fourteen, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us paul tells timothy that all scripture is god breathed theanustas right like it's good for instruction and in, in, uh in the church of antioch they were they were people of the book right where we are, we are commended to be people of the book and yet we chase after these wild and exciting things that that are so far from what the scripture would have us do because it's the new trend or it's exciting or it's 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 but it's not biblical, 
you know, maybe the rebel rousing and the preaching and, and, and the people screaming and, and like walking like dogs and looking like snakes and, and all this madness. And, and, but it's not, it's not biblical. And that's not to say that people aren't released from demonic possession in the midst of a, of a church building. A absolutely. That happens. But that, but when that happens, all that means is that a non-Christian was set free from de being demon possessed. That's all Amen. that means. Amen. That's and, and, and that's all we have to do. That's all we have to do to make this doctrinally sound is to say, hey, the evidence of the fruit that's bearing out of this situation is that this person obviously is being indwelled, controlled, dominated by an evil spirit. Therefore, the evidence of God is not in them. The evidence of redemption is not there. And this person is an unbeliever. And just by making that change, um, uh, it, it would kind of solve the problem. Um, Josh, why, why do you think they'll, they won't make that pivot? It's, man, it's, it's, it's painful looking at the videos. I told you that guy, you know, I told you that earlier, but dude, there, there is so much, so many verses that tell us, uh, you know, there's oppression, you know, that this, if we open a door, the devil's going to take advantage and, you know, it, it's, it's going to mess us up. You know, there, there's plenty of verses that tell us that that's what happens. All right. A Christian cannot be possessed. I don't know where they're getting. I know they're twisting all these stuff. They're making all these stuff up. But, you know, in Luke 22, uh, Jesus told Simon that the devil was asking God for him. You know, in, in the book of Job, it, it's, it goes all against all these stuff. It, the devil has to ask permission for a Christian. If he has to ask permission, you know, it's, it, he can't do it. You know, there's no power. He doesn't have enough power to, to you know, to overcome the strongest man. That's it. it it's, Amen. If we just go back to that, to the basics, there's so many verses that go against it. Amen. Amen. I, I think, it, you know, and I'm going to be honest, I, I, this is not necessarily geared towards Vlad, but just in general, I think the problem becomes, and this is why I threw out the question, grift or real? Because there's a certain segment of ministries like this that are grifting. 100%, I believe it with all my spirit, because I've seen it. I mean, I'm the, I'm the product of a pastor's kid who was a grandfather who was a pastor, whose uncles, ever, and I've been exposed to a lot of the stuff that happens in the background. And I know, I know the, the game, the tricks in the trade. I know how they raise money. I know what they do to get church attendance up. And I understand the huge dependence on money to keep this thing rolling. These people don't want to go to work. These people don't want to roll up their sleeves and have a normal job and co-labor in Christ. So they, 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 yet they want to have the house and the car. and the. So I understand all of that. And I think the problem with pivoting and saying, well, this was an unbeliever, is that then it ends. Then it ends because if they were delivered and now they're a believer, they can't return. And so they can't continue cycling through this where the next Sunday they're going to cast out the same demons out of the same person. And this is like a laundry mat where people come in, everyone's vomiting, everyone's, you know, uh, having these euphoric experiences and it never ends and it never ends and it never ends and it never ends and you meet these people and they're constantly tormented and when you talk to them you start really finding out there's a lot of 
um, uh, mental health issues. You start finding out there was a lot of abuse issues. And then they're tying that to demons. But here's the problem. That the scripture talks about this so clearly. And I'm just going to um, share one right now. Um, and because when we're talking about the issues of, of what the Christian deals with. Uh, you hear Peter says, I urge you sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh. Which wage war against your soul. He doesn't say demons wage war against your soul. Your soul is the center point of what? Your desires, what you like, what you don't like, your preferences. It's who you are. And so Peter is telling us that the flesh has its passions, right? And we don't read anywhere else where the demons come inside of you as a Christian and make you want or control you like alcohol does, right? And control you to do certain things. I mean, that's the scapegoat. The scapegoat is, oh, it's a demon, right? It's not that I need to um, turn off the porn, right? And, and be obedient and carry my cross. It's that the demons make me do it, right? And I need this apostle or I need this man of God to deliver me, you know, do they, I just, for me, I'm, I'm mind boggled on that. So it says, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day of visitation. And also, you see, again, another exhortation that says, I exhort the elders among you. As a fellow elder and witness suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory. We are partakers in the glory of God. And the being partakers of the glory of God is not in the flesh, it's in your soul where these demons want to control. They want to have access. They don't, right? But we're partakers in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercise oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly not domineering those in, in your charge, but being examples of flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crowd of glory, unfading crowd of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Close yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Look what it says. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. But be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And then how, how do we, what, what's the mechanism that we have? Well, it says, resist him. Firming your faith, resist him knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood. So the prescription here for the believer is to resist the devil. You know, it's not to cast them out. It's, not, it's, it's to push against. It's a, it's a verb to actively resist. And last, uh, one of the things that I did want to bring out, and I think that what we find often is understanding um, what spiritual warfare is. We said we would pivot to spiritual warfare. It says, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 1, 
and I'll just jump just for the time's sake. It says, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We and then and then here it goes again. What are the strongholds that we're destroying? Like, what are we destroying? Nowhere here is it demons. This is what we're destroying. We destroy arguments. We destroy logos. <laughs> Our logos versus God's logos, right? We destroy arguments, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. So part of spiritual warfare is kind of looking at this information that we're hearing today and saying, eh, this is an opinion that's contradicting the knowledge of God, right? And we're going to take every thought captive to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So again, we're seeing here that you know it's like that, uh, like that video from um, uh, Princess Bride where he says, "I I don't think they they mean they think they, I don't think they know what they mean when they say this," you know. And so, um, uh, uh, so I kind of share with me what what you think the scripture is talking about when referencing spiritual warfare. You're going, Isaac, or you want me to go? I, I can jump in. So, you know, I, I, one, I think that obviously when you take a look at the scriptures, we understand that spiritual warfare is a real thing, right? The verse that you just read is, is pivotal in understanding it. Uh, we also know in uh, Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, it speaks about putting on the whole armor of God. Why? So that we would stand against the schemes of the devil, right? Against the cosmic powers over the present darkness of the spiritual uh, and the spiritual forces in heavenly places, right? So we put on this full armor of God, speaking of war language uh, for the believer. Uh, but again, understanding that the armor of God is put on because the attacks of the enemy are external, not internal. Unlike what Vlad was saying, right? Demons on the outside, demons on the in. Um, but when we take a look at how we're supposed to fight these battles, we, we guard ourselves because the attacks come from the outside, not the in. Right, Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse one through six. You had read how we destroy strongholds. Right, we resist the devil. We war against evil in heavenly places. Nowhere in Scripture does it indicate that a Christian could be possessed. Um, nowhere in Scripture does it say that we have to fight an internal enemy. The enemy is external because, as the Scripture indicates, for the true believer, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Right, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. To the verse that Josh said earlier. Right, we have the strong man who is in us, right? So our battles are, are an external battle. Internally, we have the Holy Spirit of promise within us. You know, we, we move in faith, we guard ourselves, we put on the armor, and we look for the attacks that come against us, Amen. but not from within us. The attacks Amen. do not come from within us. Amen. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the things that these people say. Um, and again, it, it's, it's, man, I say it with love because, uh, you know, uh, these, some of these people, man, are, are the most loving people that I met. 
their their beautiful their heart is is you know you can't match their kindness and some of those people uh and and they do it out of love and some of them are deceived some of them do it because they don't know any better they don't you know they don't, they just don't want to spend their time learning what the word of god says and man it, it it's 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 i suffer and i get sad sometimes because it, it just hurts me that that why you know their hearts are so good but but their knowledge of the word is not why can't the people that have the knowledge sometimes not have the heart? You know, and it's 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 hard. You know, mm -hmm. or what you were saying about about a lot of times we do that. There there's a show. Don't judge me, but there's a show called Lucifer, and in that show, uh, it, it Lucifer comes from from hell, and then he comes to earth because he's tired of being the devil. And people commit crimes, you know, they're killing, they're doing drugs, they're doing this. And when they go to jail, they say, the devil made me do it. And he goes and he tells them, I'm here. And, and even though that's fictitious, it's, it's you know, it's, it's an earthly show. There, there's a lot of truth to that. Because a lot of times it's just us. It's, it's our desires. It's, it's, you know, like you said, pornography. All this stuff that we do, man, a lot of times it's, it's us. You know, and we want to give an excuse, you know to all oh, the devils making me do this you know but it's us it's us amen uh, some of these people one of the videos that that i saw from from mr Vlad, again i don't want to attack him too hard but he was saying that if you suck your thumb you have a demon you know if anything you do you know if you have a dream of with a snake on it it's because you have a demon you know any any kind of dreams you know it was so much stuff i don't remember i mean but how about people that that just have regular dreams he was saying if the devil doesn't attack you it's because you belong to him man i, I never had nightmares you know i always have good dreams you know i'm always a superhero in my dreams does that mean that <laughs> that i'm of the devil because i'm not having nightmares like, like that doesn't make sense. It doesn't align with what the word of God says. Amen. That's, that, that's also wrong. And, and I think a lot of them too, they're after money, you know, and it's, they're deceiving. So some of these people, you know, if, if you want to be delivered, you have to pay a fee, you know, and sometimes it's a few hundred dollars, $500, $2,000 to be delivered. Mm -hmm. Being a Christian, you know, again, you know, there's a lot of people that have problems, not only mental problems, but there's people that truly are possessed and they need to be delivered, but they're not Christians. You know, they're non-believers. And the way to remove that demon from inside of them is the gospel. There is no other way. Yeah. There, there, there's yeah. nothing that you could do to get it. It's just the gospel. Just accept Christ in your heart. And that's it. But money, money is a big part, man. Some of these people are making twenty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a month from YouTube alone. Besides yeah. the donations that they're getting, if you look at the comments on their videos, men are, are, you know, oh, you know, I, I self-deliver myself. Thank you for teaching me. Oh, you know, or, or you see them sending him hundreds and hundreds of dollars to these people, and I think that's in some of them. Again, I don't know their heart. <laughs> But I think that's the motivation to, you know, to some of them. Yeah, sure, certainly. There's, there's, and, and, and to be fair, you know, to even the teachers of the word of God, there's grifting happening there too. I have stories on that. So I'm not trying to indict those who do this type of ministry across the board. Um, but you're certainly right. You know, there is an element of grifting to this, especially when you're not tethered to the word of God. If you can just kind of, 
go off on the yonder into philosophy, you can justify a lot of things. One of the things that I heard more recently was a pastor try to justify demonic possession um, by saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, unholiness and sin um, can indwell with the presence of God. You know, how about cancer? You know, uh, and so essentially what they were kind of alluding to was like, you can have cancer in your leg or, you know, and that's a demon. Like, so the demon is maybe not in your soul, but it's in your body. And so they make a division where a demon can be in your physical body, but not necessarily in your soul. What are your thoughts on that? I saw the video earlier, another video too, and, and it's they, they they break down our body, you know, between soul and you know the spirit, and they say, oh, you know, in you know, he he could. He could not take over the spirit, but he could take over your soul. Again, it's it's said no Bible verse ever. It's they're just making stuff up as they go, you know, or, or just getting something out of context that does not mean that. It's 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 like Isaac said earlier, you know, he, he just nailed nailed it. It's it's they're just making all this stuff up without any biblical any biblical backing. You know, they're just, you know, they're making everything up. When when you take a verse out of context, you can make the Bible say whatever you want. Amen. Oh, Amen. Let me just tell you how how dangerous that is. To tell somebody that they, should, they shouldn't seek treatment because what they have is a demon that needs exercise to be exercised and not chemo, you know. Um, and, and it's an unfortunate thing, but... It's, it's all too common where we have all these stories on the internet with the guys who, who have gone to the faith healers and they were promised all of this healing. And, and what they found was it was nothing but a sham. It was a show. Now, does God heal? Yeah, absolutely. I believe God still heals. Um, but what do we have is these grifters looking to make a name for themselves uh, and put shame to the name of Christ. Um, and I'm not saying that that's what Vlad is doing, um, but I'll tell you this. And one of the last sermons that I listened to him, I, I, you had sent another sermon over, another lecture he had done. And one of the things that I have that and I was forced to endure it. Thank you. And one of the, the things that caught that my painful. attention, one of the things that caught my attention was he was giving justification to prophets of God, to 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 these men of God who work miracles and and to these, you know, and how how they don't have, you know, and, and isn't it interesting how, you know, these men of God, uh, these prophets of God, these ones who have these deliverance ministries, they don't, they don't, you know, they, they also fall into scandal and and their lives are not above reproach. And and that just goes to show you that that God can use anybody, you know, and 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 then they <coughs> utilize, you know, your condition is not determined by your position in God. You know what I mean? They take that completely out of context. And he those were the exact words he used. Um, and it was all to justify the wayward lifestyles of some of these so-called deliverance ministers, you know, as, as believers, I'll tell you this, you know, you, you had made mention that I was involved a lot in apologetics and I, and I was, and I had the, the privilege of debating before I've done the moderated debates on YouTube, uh, back when I was in Texas against some people. And one thought that I always had in my mind is, is, when I'm debating, I'm not really thinking I'm going to change the mind of the person who I'm debating, right? I don't think that, you know, I'm going to change anyone's mind 
when I'm debating them, they have their points and counterpoints, and I have my points and counterpoints. But what I am trying to do is I'm trying to speak to the heart of those who are watching the debate. I'm trying to speak to the heart and minds of those who are listening. And so I don't have necessary words for Vlad or, or for the, the guys of that new that new movie that, that I saw the preview of, uh, you know, these, these deliverance ministry guys. I have words to those who, who seek out these ministries, you know, and, and my word of encouragement to them would be seek the scriptures. Seek the scriptures. What is it that the scriptures say? Let God's word be true and everything else be a lie. Amen. Seek, Amen. seek the scriptures. Amen. Well, you know, I say there's not a left prophet in that. So, um, you know, but but yes, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, just again, just to go uh, and, and offer, you know, kind of my rebuttal, just, just sort of that kind of idea that, hey, you know what, um, uh, the body is sort of this um, unregenerated carcass that a demon can um, possess at any time and uh, take over. There is uh, a word, and, and I, I, I love, um, you know, what, what Paul, Paul puts it here. He says, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not ourselves. This vessel is, is tied uh, to the possession of God, that's our bodies, so that God can glorify himself through displaying his power in our behaviors, in, in our sanctification. Our sanctifications do not glorify us, it glorifies God, right? And then verse 8, it says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And here's the clinch, always caring about in the body, the dying of Jesus, for what purpose? So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. And so if you are a born again Christian, if you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, if you are a Christian for all intent and purposes, um, uh, you don't have a situation where um, the devil's going to come take over your body because it is a vessel redeemed by God. Understand this, your salvation, your salvation was not just to redeem your soul. It was not just to redeem your soul because we have a promise. And this is what the seal is. The promise is to have new bodies. So salvation is not just for the future. Uh, of our souls, but it's going to be for our new bodies that have a pending redemption. And that's part of the redemption plan. And so this body is dying so that the life of Christ can shine through it. And if you're a Christian, whether it's that you're dying this much, very little, this much, uh, you're not, you know, jumping leaps and bounds in holiness, but Maybe you went from smoking 20 you know, 20 cigarettes a day to four because you've just been convicted about, man, you know, this is not good for me. I want to be here for my family. And the Holy Spirit is convicting me on it. And you're reducing it and you're working out your salvation in fear and trembling, right? Not not to be more holy, but you're just getting convicted by the Lord. And that is the evidence. That is the evidence that you are dying to yourself and Christ is manifesting his power in you. And let me tell you something, that this body houses the Lord. It's why we are the temple of God. 
And so no, a demon cannot take a vessel created right now as regenerated believers to show the life and power of God. And then the devil's going to creep in and say, well, I'm just going to plant myself here and make cancer. And so uh, th this is something that we have to determine uh, if you're a born again believer, what the scripture is saying and, and, and then use deconstruct this and use the process of elimination. We have all of these verses saying that you're sanctified, that, that, that this is the, the temple of God, that we're going to have new bodies, uh, that this is the vessel of God to glorify himself in. And we have zero verses anywhere in the New Testament where we're told that there's a demon that can come inside of you that needs to be excised out. Any verses that are used in it are usually pointed in the, the Gospels uh, prior to Jesus dying on the cross. And so, like Isaac said, I, I know that if you believe uh, this, and I, I got to be honest with you, it is trash theology because it, it, it's not even involving God. This is essentially involving you, the person, and the devil. God is nowhere in the picture of this when we're talking about um uh, uh, the position of the believer. And so if, if you're a victim of this, I ask you, you know, maybe God is convicting you right now saying, man, there's something to this. Read the scripture. Listen, um, you don't need a tithe or you don't need to give money anywhere. Get, get on your knees and ask yourself one question. Was the sacrifice of Jesus enough to deliver us? 100% deliver us. When the Holy Spirit seals us for the day of redemption, does he halfway seal us? Does he fully seal us? Or does he sort of leave a gap in the door, but not really seal us? I mean, these are things you have to ask. And these are things that you're going to have to come to a conclusion on. Because if the answer is, well, no, it depends on me. If I open the door, a demon can come in. Then you have... <laughs> Heaped it upon yourself to be the one to redeem you. The sacrifice of Christ was not enough. You had to add your works. And you had to add what you needed to do in order to keep the devil away. Um, I don't know if anyone has any other thing to add to this. Josh, I don't know if you um, want to have any closing thoughts or Isaac, any closing thoughts on this subject? First, you know, in Colossians... Uh... 113 he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us uh to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins you know he has redeemed us man he you know it's 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 there's from, so many from, the, from the domain of darkness from and, the domain of darkness you know we are delivering he's greater you know he dwells in us you know we are the temple you know what uh, how was the temple before? Why why did they have to tie a string around a priest before he goes in the temple? Because if, if he was not clean, he, he will die. You understand? We are the temple now. If something unclean enters us, he's gonna die. What demon is gonna is gonna wanna die? It, it it's it, it just doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't make sense. And not only that, in the Bible, you see the evidence that Jesus always went. To, to the to the people that were possessed you don't see the, the the people that were possessed going to Jesus all these people that are getting their demons casted out of them they're going to the church 
like when have you seen that man that's kind of rough unless you're you know they're being forced and you know they're even casting out demons through youtube and stuff that it's it's a little weird you know i, I just don't get it man it, it's we're sealed uh we are redeemed you know and 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 you know if, if we sin there's going to be discipline you know and and here we're not saying that we cannot be influenced we we are influenced every day we sin every day you know but it, it's up to us to to just hang on to jesus hang on to the word of god mm -hmm. just to get us through it because these people are just again they're just giving the devil so much power and everything for them is the devil you know i i stubbed my foot on on, on the on the bed oh that was the devil you understand no you're just clumsy or you know your room is messy and 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 you know you, you hit your toe that's it you know stop giving the devil so much power he is powerful but we have someone that's more powerful inside of us amen amen love that amen yeah i think uh i think josh hit the nail on the head you know we we are the temple of god and that's a beautiful thing first peter 2 9 says we are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for god's own possession amen we belong to god we belong to god he says that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. We are his own possession. If anyone possesses us, it's the Holy Spirit of God. We are his possession. Woo! Amen. Love that. Glory to God. Amen. What what a way to to uh Thelma and Du uh, Louise go off the cliff and in glory. That is such a powerful verse and word. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's let's pray. Um and let's really earnestly pray for those that maybe have been deceived because they're our brothers and sisters in Christ. I try to engage them and I encourage everyone, um, engage. If you have a different doctrinal position, um, you know, Peter says, be prepared to defend the faith if, give, you know, if asked. If someone asks you to defend your faith, be prepared. Be studied enough in your theology and your doctrine to give an account as to why you believe what you believe. But when you when you recoil and when you um, uh, sort of put up barricades, you're really lending yourself to be in an echo chamber where the only thing you hear are your own voices and those who think like you. Um, don't fall into the trap. Before you know it, you're going to end up in the tent drinking some juice and, 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 and a, in a weird cultish environment. And so yeah, expose yourself to different views of thoughts. It's why I love reading... Um, works from you know a Piper and and uh, and I still I subscribe to James White's blog on YouTube and mm -hmm. and, and 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 just smile I, I say smile <laughs> yeah and, and I read You're book on, your, on you you guys are on your way come <laughs> yeah and I and, and, and I read books on Jacobus Arminius and 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 I fill myself with with all these different points of view and then I go on my knees pray and I read the Bible and I ask the Lord to guide me, convict me. And, you know, uh, more recently I was sharing um, with Isaac that, um, you know, I used to believe, hey, women can be pastors and, 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 and take positions of authority. And, 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 and I had my own bias, you know, my mother was involved in ministry. She was leading a church and I really just started to say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit and read the scriptures and I'm going to see what it's really saying and i'm gonna this look at the opening. culture uh yeah right i gotta open <laughs> yeah, right right 
this is not this video. That's another video. Yeah, right. Oh, here's the point. The point where I don't write the numbers. Well, we're gonna get a lot of comments now, at least. I know, right? Right. We'll poke the bear. But here's the point I'm trying to make. Today, today is the National Women's Day. Oh, I know. Hey. That's not a that's not a hit on women. Women are beautiful, have their function in the body of Christ. But my point Absolutely. is, you know, my point is that we have to be prepared at a drop of a notice at age 35, at age 40, at age 50 to say, you know what? I had a vulnerability and an opportunity here to improve. And I did it. And and I can repent. I can change my mind and say, you know what? The Lord is leading me more profoundly in this area. And so the point is always be willing to engage those people who ask to, to defend your faith. Always be willing to do that because it's going to edify you and it's going to help you. At the end of the day, you're going to be more skilled in the word of God. You're going to be a person of the book, like Isaac says, and you're going to be prepared um, to share your faith correctly versus using dreams, innuendos, opinions, examples. You're just building your house on straw. You're not really going in foundation. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for just today's topic, for your word. I thank you so much for the guests that we had today. And Lord, I just praise you for what you're going to be doing with the Patriot Collective, Lord. I thank you that we're going to be able to talk about multitudes of subjects, not just matters of faith, but matters of things in this country, anything that's going on, Lord, I just thank you for what you're building here today. May this be the first of many um, as we look to glorify you and lift your name up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And if you said if you want to know more about Patriot Collective and want to be a part of the collective, please go to patriotcollective.biz. And here you're going to see a little bit of information about us. Um, website's not 100%, but it's close there. We have a little shop, and this is how we're going to stay funded. Um, we have cups, mugs, you know, all this merch stuff. Pretty cool stuff that uh, I think Patriots will like. It'll get updated every month with new gear that kind of geared towards some of the stuff that we're talking about. But if you want to join us, please go ahead and check us out. It would be a support to us. Also, like, please subscribe to this channel. Um, this is going to help us get our ranking up. And then if eventually, if we choose to do monetization, um, it, it's going to allow us to do that and subscribe and hit the little bell thingy and you know the routine. Um, and so I thank Josh and Isaac for joining us and just being a part of this. I know they're going to be joining us more frequently. Hopefully uh, they kind of uh, want to do it more often. And I thank them for their time because I pulled them away from their families and children. And so I appreciate them. Josh, uh, Isaac, thank you very much. God bless you. God and bless everyone, you. thank you for tuning in. God bless you. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.